I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. How bad is number two on it? Julio's in the end zone. The 21 NFL Draft. The Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. What is up? My name is Jesse Head, and this is another episode of the Heads Up Podcast, your source for all things Falcons related. And this is going to be a learning episode of the Heads Up Podcast. We are going to dig into Dean P's defensive scheme, this 3-4 defensive scheme. And I'm sure you're probably asking yourself, well, why are we doing that? The reason is, is we have not ran, the Falcons have not ran a 3-4 defensive scheme since 2003, the Dan Reeves era. So I thought this would be a good topic. Over the past couple weeks, I've been digging in uh, to the 3-4 scheme, uh, not just DMP specifically, but just the 3-4 scheme in general. And then after that, digging into um, DMP's uh, twist and style on this defensive scheme. So I will say this first, I am certainly no expert uh, on uh, football whatsoever. Uh, I am learning just like a ton of folks out there. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some people thinking or, or some people out there that are experts on football, but most people, I would say that probably 95% of people are not experts on 4-3, 3-4, 5-2, and all kinds of different defensive schemes and alignments that are out there. So I thought this would be a really good topic uh, since personally I was digging into it, and I'm sure that a lot of people are curious as well. So uh, first we'll get into Dean Pease. Uh Dean Pease, uh came out of retirement for this. He was retired for a year, retired after the 2019 season coaching the Titans. And a lot of people were wondering, you know, why are we hiring this old dude uh, to come and coach for us? Just so everybody is aware, this guy was highly pursued by a lot of people. Um, Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Titans, uh, asked him to come out uh, of retirement and come and coach for him. There were other rumors of, of other head coaches that were asking him to come. And then he chose, because of his relationship with Arthur Smith, to come and coach for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this dude is an absolute legend in the football world. Just some of the players that he has coached, uh, Terrell Suggs, Ray Lewis, Richard Seymour, Vince Wilfork, Haloti Ngata, uh, Jarrell Casey, and the list goes on and on from there. So for all the people saying this dude's washed up, dude, this guy, he's an absolute legend in the football world. And anybody uh, in that in that arena of wanting to hire the best out there uh, know this dude is uh, one of the best. Uh, it doesn't take much research to go and figure that out and just see the history he's had, the coaching he's done, the Super Bowls he's won, and the production that he has had um, from the defenses that he from the defenses that he has coached. But uh, we're going to dig into the basics of the three four defense and Dean P's twist on it. And a little bit of how our uh, you know players, our new players from the draft, and our players that we currently have on the roster um, could fit into this. Now, this this episode is is going to focus mostly um, on the front seven. 
Uh, so your linebackers and your defensive linemen, and I think maybe in another episode we'll dig into the secondary because I think there's enough there uh, to really break down the, some of the players that we have and what uh, their roles in this type of defense are as well and how they would fit into it. But before we get into all that, I want to get into some recent headlines from the Falcons because uh, minicamp just started for the rookies, uh, so there's been a lot of different things going on. Uh, we had some free agents, uh, some free agent signings. We signed another tight end, of course. Man, Arthur Smith loves these dudes. Uh, Parker Hesse, uh, who was a defensive end um, in college and then transferred over to a tight end spot. This guy is um, definitely more on just the blocking side. Not sure if he'll make the team, but I believe that's why they're bringing him in to serve in that capacity or potentially uh, serve in that capacity. Defensive linemen, we signed three defensive linemen. Eli Anku, um, Olive Sagapolu, and Eli Howard. I'm sure that all these dudes are uh, just coming on to try out and see if we can uh, find a couple um, studs uh, that were left over in the mix of free agency. Um, the players and coaches did speak to the media for the first time in a while. Um, Matt Ryan spoke on uh, Julio Jones and you know how much Julio has meant to his career. A lot of people were pissed off saying that Matt Ryan you know, should have fought harder and spoke up more for Julio. This guy can't do anything right with most of our fan base, or uh, I don't say most of our fan base. There's a small, hardcore fan group of people that just love to hate Matt Ryan. I don't know what we expect Matt Ryan to go out there. I mean, he's not going to go out there and, and say that, you know, what his superiors should do. He's a professional quarterback. Uh, so he's going to do quarterback speak. And we'll get to that in a second as well. Um, Ted uh, Machino, Monachino, our uh, new line. He's our, we have two uh, linebacking coach, but this is our outside linebacker coach. Talked about Dante Fowler. And uh, and how good a shape that he was sounds similar to some of the uh, things Dan Quinn was saying. Um, but he strongly believes in Dante Fowler, as he should, and specifically believes in him playing the jack role or the death role, uh, which is a part of this 3-4 scheme that we're going to get into. And spoke about how good a shape he was in, um, how he feels strongly he would fit into this role um, or will fit into this role. That's what they're designating him to do. Um, so he talked a little bit about that. Um, all the players um, talked about how tight of a ship uh, Arthur Smith ran. And uh, I think it's, um, what's her name, Lindsey Conley or something like that, uh, spoke. Uh, she's one of our, one of the Atlanta Falcons journalist folks, spoke about how tight of a ship that he ran, how fluid uh, the first practice was for a bunch of rookies and everything out there. So that's exciting to see that, you know, Arthur Smith is out there, first time head coach. Um, practice has no hiccups. Folks are out there grinding. It's well-polished. It's a well-oiled machine. And um, last thing I was going to get into, so Matt Ryan was asked about the outside noise and how he felt um, about some of the uh, – or I think, I think the journalist exactly asked him the question, you know, how did you feel about the fan base, you know, p- you know wanting, uh, you know, potentially to get a quarterback, a lot of divisiveness in the fan base on what the Falcons should have done. And he basically, uh, well, I'm going to play it, but he basically just said he didn't give a crap about what was going on with the uh, fans and what they were saying. All he cared about was what was in-house. And um, he said it in the most, you know, Matt Ryan quarterback way possible. But I'll play that that clip real quick right now. Even um, even while you, you, you believe that um, 
the the leadership has confidence in you. You understand, I'm sure you heard that there was a lot of public debate as to what maybe those outside the team felt about the, the future at, at quarterback and, and whether it was time to to make plans for a, a different long-term future. You've always been very um, um, pragmatic about things like that and, and accepting that certain things come with, 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 with age. But did that disrupt you at all? Did that upset you at all to hear all that debate and in, in going on leading up to the draft? Um, you know, not, not really. I think that, uh, you know, in, in one respect, you understand that if you play well for long enough, these are the conversations that are, are going to come up. Um, you know, I understand I'm, I'm not going to play forever, but I also, you know, have the mindset that I'm still playing really well and, and have, you know, a lot of good football in front of me. Um, but the most important thing to me is it, it comes from the belief in the building, the people who are actually making decisions, uh, the people who, um, you, you know, are with you day to day. And so that's kind of where I try and keep it. It's harder now uh, than ever to, to avoid the noise. Uh, it was certainly easier earlier in my career. Just uh, there was less of it. There were less uh, ways to get it. But um I found that, you know, if, if you're going to search for it, you know, to try and get positive reviews on you, it's going to affect you in a certain way. And, and same thing if you're going to search for it in, in negative ways. And I, I try and just, you know, stay down the middle, keep, keep my mindset on, you know, day to day, daily improvement, trying to be the best that I can be and not really worrying about what other people say. All right. So let's get into this Dean P's defensive scheme. So, Dean Pease defenses are most well known for being extremely hard for opposing quarterbacks to decipher. Um, and that's for many reasons, and we'll get into the, the schematic side of that. Uh, but from a, a, a grand standpoint, if you will, some games he, he runs an extremely aggressive uh, defense, you know, blitzing and whatnot, and then other games he doesn't. Um, so, you know, just right off the rip from game film study, it's already difficult to understand what he does and how he does it. Um, it is a 3-4 defense, but he, in 2018, 73% of the time, he ran a nickel package uh, form of the 3-4 defense. So the 3-4 defense base is, you know, your three down linemen and then your four linebackers. Uh, the nickel package pulls one of those linebackers um, out and replaces it with a corner, or if it's a big nickel package, it replaces it uh, with a safety. So, very, very difficult defense to distinguish. We're mostly going to dig into the base of the 3-4 defense to understand the defense. Um, however, the schematic standpoint of what he does and how he does it can be applied to the base or the nickel uh, package. I want to get in to some of what his past defenses have done so we can understand just exactly what he brings to the table um, when it comes uh, to his defense from a numbers side. So in 2019, the last uh, uh, team that he coached as a defensive coordinator, the Titans, obviously, his team had 56 sacks. To put that in perspective, as I run through these numbers, um, our defense in 2020 had 29 sacks. And sadly, our middle linebacker, Deion Jones, uh, led the sack approach. And based off the defense that we had with Dan Quinn, that is a massive yikes that our middle linebacker in that type of defense uh, had the most sacks. And I think that was like four and a half or five or something like that. It was pitiful. 
and that was out of just desperate pass blitz and uh, just getting absolutely desperate with the defense. But all right, so 2019 Titans defe- defense had 56 sacks. But what's amazing about this and his defenses is how where he finds the production at. So um, Harold Landry, right outside linebacker in 2019 for the Titans, had nine sacks. Jarrell Casey he played in the defensive tackle role and also uh, the right defensive end role, had five sacks. Kamali uh, Carrera, Carrera had five sacks. And this list goes down, it goes on and on. So cornerback here had four sacks. It goes down, outside linebacker had three sacks, two sacks, two sacks. And it goes down, down, down. I think there was, there's 14 people on here that, that, have, that had sacks. So he is finding production from everywhere. 2018, team had 39 sacks, Titans. Jarrell Casey led the efforts with seven sacks. Jayon uh, Brown had six sacks. Wesley Woodyard had four sacks. Harold Landry, four sacks. Logan Ryan, four sacks. And again, it goes down. It looks like 15 people had sacks in 2018. In 2017, with the Ravens, 41 sacks. Again, everyone on this list is eaten. Terrell Suggs, 11 sacks. Matt Juden, 8 sacks. Willie Henry, 3 sacks. Tadarius Smith, 3 sacks, 3 sacks, 3 sacks, 2 sacks, 2 sacks. And the list goes on and on again with 13-plus people getting sacks. So, you know, what you learn from that is, is that he's bringing it from everywhere. Now, he talked about that in his opening press conference that he brings it from everywhere. He does not know, he does not want the quarterback to know where he is bringing the blitz from. So before we get into the defensive style and how he does it, I want to talk about the basics of the 3-4 defense and what the roles are because a lot of us don't know that. So before I get into you know Mike, Will, Sam, linebacker, Jack, linebacker, and all those things, I want us to have just a basic general understanding of what the 3-4 defensive roles are. So you got your nose tackle. Uh, this person usually lines up in a, in a zero tech or one tech. If you don't know what that means, a zero tech is directly on the center and a one tech is just off the inside of the guard. This person is normally a big dude pushing over 300 pounds. Um, his role is not normally to penetrate. His role is to control the line um, and take up space. Um, defensive ends. Similar role to the nose tackle, they line up in a four-tech or five-tech. A four-tech's directly over the uh, the offensive tackle, and the five-tech is just on the outside. Main job is to control the tackles and bring on double teams. Now, what's the um, general understanding you gather from, from hearing those defensive linemen roles is that this defense is designed for linebackers uh, to make plays. So you got your sandbacker or your strongbacker. Um, this linebacker's role is to defend the outside run. They normally line up, or they always line up, on the strong side of the defense, or the strong side of the offense. So the um, wherever the tight end is lined up, or the heavy side. So if there's a fullback lined up on that side, they would line up on that side. They need to have strength and quickness to fight off blocks and fill the run holes. That is their main job. The Jack linebacker, or the death linebacker, I prefer the death title. Uh, his role is they need to be. It's kind of it's it's in the name, Jack of all trades. So they need to be a pass rush specialist. Uh, they need to be able to um, 
defend the run, and they also need to be able to drop back in coverage when needed. So they need to be able to do you know, uh, man-to-man coverage, zone coverage, need to be able to blitz, and they need to be able to run defend. So, you know, Dante Fowler has been designated in that role. He's going to have his hands full uh, based off of what we saw from last season. He claimed to be injured, um, but we're going to need to see a lot more out of him if he's going to be successful in this role. Now, I do think he'll be a great pass rusher. Um, you know, with Dean Pease coaching him and, and – uh, our new outside linebackers coach, I think they're going to get him right. And this defense is is truly designed um, for these guys to uh, – for these linebackers to show out and be playmakers. And I think we have that. Um, the Mike or middle linebacker, his job is to flow and make plays. So his job is to flow with the run and make plays while these other uh, defenders are holding blocks and fighting off. He's usual, uh, usually responsible for the weak side runs and uh, containment. So, um, as you know, the, the strong side linebacker is on the tight end side of the strong side where the threat is most likely. And the middle linebacker, if there, or if there is a run to the weak side, the middle linebacker's role is containment. The will or the weak side linebacker, is, uh, which is also the other inside linebacker, is also uh, responsible for that. For that, so to be lazy about it, if you will, um, they are similar to a a mite. They're a smaller mite, though. Uh, they need to be um, athletic. They need to be able to be good in coverage, fast, agile, and again has the similar duties to the middle linebacker. All right. So with all that being said, you know how does this defense fit with our personnel? So, you know, obviously, I think that our uh, linebacking crew is one of the strongest points of our team. Uh, we have some depth there. We have extremely athletic uh, linebackers, and that's what this defense uh, shines on: is having an an athletic linebacking crew. You have some guys that automatically jump into the roles uh, for this type of defense. You got Deion Jones, middle linebacker, obviously a perfect fit for this type of role. A person that can flow, um, run through the traffic, pursue down the ball carrier. Uh, on running plays, he can drop back in coverage in zone. He can man to man on the tight end or the running back on pass plays. He can do it all. He's the type of guy that fits perfectly in this defense. Your strong side linebacker, Foisei Oluokin, obviously, he's a, a real strong dude that can fight off and take on blocks, but he's agile enough to weave through the traffic and pursue down uh, the runner on run plays. And he can also, uh, he, he held his own in coverage last year as well. Um, I think that weak side linebacker role will, will kind of be a uh, linebacker by committee, if you will. You got Barkevius Mingo, um, who's a guy that I think will play in multiple capacities on our linebacking crew. Uh, you got Brandon Copeland. Um, you've got Michael Walker, who can jump into that role. Steven Means, a lot of average or below average guys that I think um, can fit into a lot of different areas on that linebacking crew and, and various personnel um, alignments and packages. Um Jack linebacker or death linebacker, Dante Fowler, obviously they've already kind of pinned him uh, for that role. I think Barkevious Mingo may jump into that a little bit, and I'm sure some other guys will arise from training camp uh, that can fit into that as well. Um, as far as our linemen go, I think that Grady Jarrett will play def- that defensive tackle, that nose tackle role, but I also think we'll see him slide out at defensive end some too. 
just due to his pass rushing ability and the moves that he has um, in his wheelhouse, I think he'll be able to slide out there to that role. You got John Kaminsky and several other uh, you know solid linemen that will be in a, a rotation that we have. Um, but I expect John Kaminsky to make a big jump this year. Um, we had uh, some, some signings um, as well uh, in the offseason for free agency on that line that will that will make the team and be in that rotation. We had some draft picks. Um, we had our guy O uh, that I think will uh, that we got in the fourth round. I think that he'll possibly get in that mix, being such a large guy and being able to take on uh, multiple uh, linemen to allow our linebackers to make plays. So I think our front seven is a really solid mixture of, of guys that can that can fit into this role. I forgot to mention also Tyler Davison as well. Um, I think he'll be in that nose tackle a lot. I could see that package with Grady Jarrett, Tyler Davison, and John Kaminsky happening, you know, often. So I think we've got the personnel that is really really fit. Now there's going to be a learning curve, obviously. We're going to see some major mistakes happen. I think uh, this defense is it's it's prized on making big plays but on the same token with that uh you have to have really good execution execution is key when you're blitzing and and sending these wild blitzes uh these guys have to make sure that we're uh you know we're gonna have our these coaches have their hands full uh, training these dudes um during our training camp and during the off season uh to make sure they're ready to perform this kind of defense it's not one of those ones that you just get right off the bat so it's going to take some times for these guys to adapt and learn what Dean Pease does um, with that front seven. But we have a good mix of guys that fit into this 3-4 defense and that have the skill sets to perform very, very well um, in this defense. So so I want to use an example that I saw while I was doing my research looking into Dean Pease's uh, scheme and, and his approach and, and how he gets so much production out of these guys. And one of the things that he you know does so well is disguising his blitzes um, and his play calling. Uh, the example that I saw was um, a a play that he had against um, it was against the Browns um, Baker Mayfield playing quarterback and this was I think it was 2019 and he'll bring seven eight guys up on the line of scrimmage and um, for for this scenario uh, that I'm going to lay out I'm going to put in place our players uh, that I think would be there uh, that I uh, and we'll apply that to the uh, to the play call that I saw. But um, just imagine this right here. Grady Jarrett at defensive end, uh, Tyler Davison at nose tackle, and John Kaminsky at defensive end in this personnel package. Okay, And then you've got your linebackers. We talked a lot about that um, earlier. Deion Jones, Foise Oluwakin, Barkevius Mingo, and Dante Fowler. Okay, And you've got all these guys within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And you bring up free safety Richie Grant within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Okay, So you snap the ball. Everybody drops back in coverage but the linemen, the down linemen, and Dante Fowler. Okay, But on a delayed blitz, you bring A.J. Terrell. In the example that I saw, it was Logan Ryan. And it resulted in a sack with Logan Ryan. But you bring A.J. Terrell or Isaiah Oliver on the blitz, and they get a sack. But these are just one of the examples of the exotic and wild play calling that Dean Pease brings to the table. That is why he has production from all over the field, because he is consistently bringing these wild blitzes, bringing people from everywhere. You know, 
one, t- you know, it it could be AJ Terrell that play. It could be Richie Grant the other play. It could be you drop back, you know, two of the defensive ends and bring, you know, middle linebacker and an outside linebacker. There's just so many crazy things that he does. Uh, when you look up the de- just go look up the defensive highlights of the Titans over the past couple years. Any year you want to pick, or Baltimore three years ago, four years ago, but. He's always bringing these wild, you know, chaotic, you know, these wild, crazy blitzes, and causing this this chaos and confusion um, within the opposing quarterback and offensive coordinators, and, and that's why he gets all that production from all over the place. So we have a lot to be excited uh, for. Uh, our strength is our linebacking crew, and that's what is required when you're when you're running this type of defense. The strength is supposed to lie within the linebackers. And we already have that personnel there. Now I don't think we have a perfect, per, you know, personnel. I, they certainly wouldn't believe that. Obviously, we've got a uh, a decent little road ahead of us of getting the right personnel in place. But we have some solid pieces already uh, that are going to be able to shine in this in this three four defense, especially the style of which Dean Pease calls. So um, that example, we'll be able to see a lot of those uh, different things this season. I think it's going to make us look a lot better than we actually are, especially going against. Younger quarterbacks and quarterbacks that aren't so great. In the last episode, when we went through the schedule, we talked about the quarterback play and how bad it was. The reason that most of these quarterbacks are bad is is their ability, you know, to not read the defense and, and not understand what's going on. And uh, Dean Pease is is going to eat that up with this defense. So, uh, a lot to look forward to. Um, and I think we're gonna look. Uh, I think we're gonna look solid, and I think we're gonna rack up a lot more sacks. Won't be hard um, than we did last year in uh, in 2020. That is a wrap on episode 14 of the Heads Up podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it, man. Breaking down uh, Dean P's defense, his three-four defense, a defense that Atlanta Falcons fans haven't seen in a long time, man, since 2003. I hope it shed a little bit of light on what we can expect in 2021 out of Dean P's um, crazy blitzing defense. Um, so, uh, guys, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you are listening on. You can find me at Atlanta Falcons uh, Podcast on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Heads Up in Atlanta Falcons Podcast. Make sure you shoot me a message, man. Let me know if this was useful. Let me know if you enjoyed it. Um, and maybe we'll do something like this uh, for the offensive scheme, uh, digging in a little bit deeper to what Arthur Smith is going to bring to the table. But uh, thank you to Jason, man. Appreciate all the editing you do on the podcast and producing this and making it sound awesome. Uh, Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.